Welcome to How Not to DM. I'm your host, Derek. Thanks for joining me on my quest to interview the very best dungeon masters on this plane of existence. A quick shout out to my latest reviewers, Doug from at Nerdy Excursions, Mentally Insane from at Tasty underscore Doom, Dan from at Paleo underscore Gaming, and Rachel from at Singin' Freely. Thanks you four for taking some time to let me know how you feel about the show. If anybody listening wants a shout out on my next episode, then go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and I will shout out your username. If you prefer for me to give credit to your podcast or your Twitter account or something like that, then let me know and I will do that. I want to give credit where credit is due. Thanks. And over this last week, How Not to DM hit 3,000 listens, which is an incredible milestone and I couldn't have done it without each and every one of you listening and supporting the show. So thank you. A quick shout out to my three giveaway winners for my 3K giveaway, Justin at SkippyTPE, Mark at LuganThe, and Gavin at AgroSpirit. Big thank you to my partners at AdventureDice, that's AdventureDice.ca. If you want 10% off your order, go ahead and use my code HN, the number 2DM there. And big thank you to Amalia, that's at CastTheGreater on Twitter and Instagram for helping me with that awesome art commission. So if any of you are looking for some art or some dice, look no further. And exhale. Okay, there was a lot of announcements, but we got through them together. Let's dive in. This week's guest is Weston, the dungeon maestro behind Arcane Anthems. Weston creates awesome free music for TTRPG creators to use in their podcasts, streams, or home games. He also posts hilarious parody videos of popular songs that have gone through his very special D&Dification process. Enjoy! I actually started playing D&D in 2015, and it was when I heard uh, Imager I saw this post about uh, these voice actors uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I thought the Dungeons and Dragons part was pretty like nerdy. And I was like, "Ooh, I don't know. That's that's pretty nerdy to me." But I was really interested in voice acting. I had taken a bunch of voice acting classes, and I'd done like commercial acting and stuff like that. So I decided to give it a shot. I even scrolled past it, and it's one of those things where I like scrolled past it. Then I was like, "Actually," and then I scrolled back. I little did I know that those couple of scroll backs uh, would have landed me where I am today. I discovered a love of uh, Dungeons & Dragons through Critical Role and the way that they kind of played it and the, the role play aspects of it and the, uh, the world building. And I love rules. I think rules create a very like fair playground for everybody. As long as everybody knows what's going on, rules can be fantastic. And so I, quote unquote, encouraged my group of board gaming friends. We had been getting together for a couple of months at that point, playing different games. And they were like, Weston, that's too nerdy for us. Uh, why would like that? That seems like too much. And so I got a, a game called Mice and Mystics. That's a RPG in a box style game. And they loved that. And they're like, okay, I, we, we understand what you're talking about here. It would be really fun to make some characters and do this. And uh, that campaign lasted for about five years. So uh, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons as a DM, having never played the game before, only having been exposed to Critical Role, obviously Dungeon Masters, you know, Guide, Player's Handbook, and The Adventure Zone. 
and just jumped in uh, as a dungeon master. Before then, I was a lead singer in a rock band. Like I, I don't mind being in front of people. I like it. I, I kind of thrive in that environment. I did acting in high school and past high school. It's just something that was missing in my life was this like role play aspect was this acting aspect that Dungeons and Dragons gave me the opportunity to do, uh, which has that now led me to all sorts of different things, you know, making parodies on TikTok, you know, making RPG music and all these things we're probably gonna be talking about during the interview. But that's that's how I found Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like you said, funny how a couple of scrolls has just totally taken over your life to this point, you know, it really has. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you and I, where it has has you know influenced a lot of uh, how we spend our time now. So you mentioned your first experience really playing was being the DM. So walk us through your first DMing experience. What kind of adventure you ran? You know how it went. What what kind of good and bad things happened in that first session? So I was a little bit intimidated by a lot of the modules that were out. I knew that there were tons of different modules out there, and I, I have mild dyslexia, so reading is tough for me to like sit down and like read for a long period of time in addition to ADHD and mm-hmm. like, like all those things. Like it, it just, I struggle with that, with the reading aspect of it. So I decided just to do homebrew. Uh, so I started playing Dungeons & Dragons as a homebrew dungeon master. And I found that to be a lot easier. The, I think the first encounter we did was they were in this like agrarian uh, city and there was some like wacky stuff going on with these like scarecrows and there was this like dream that they had and they went and investigated the dream and found this like small shack and investigated the shack and met this imprisoned elf who convinced them to let her go and little did they know that this was a hag in disguise that had been put there on purpose had been captured and kept away from the town and that led into a massive you know five-year campaign they they just they couldn't get enough uh, and we're still playing till uh, till today so it was a, it was a great first session i think they they really enjoyed it and it was one of those things that you know you did a good job or you know that they enjoyed it when like the day after they're like we have to we have to play again like we we have to do this again this has to happen they all have really caught the bug oh there's nothing better than excited players even like right when you finish the session you know everyone's just chattering about how fun it was or how they can't wait to do x y and z in the next session nothing better as a dm that's like the ultimate payoff yeah (laughs) please players give your dms validation they need it it's true it's true what are some of the worst mistakes you've made as a DM? And what lessons did you learn from these mistakes? So I think some of the worst mistakes that I've made have been thinking that my players uh, would want to play Dungeons & Dragons the same way that I enjoy playing D&D. And that's, uh, that's a, pretty, that was a pretty, pretty big mistake on my part. Uh, just assuming that my, my group of friends would want to do things in, in that manner there's this kind of fine line right where i'm trying to teach them to role play which i've never done before which most people are really uncomfortable with they haven't played since they were children you know it's a very vulnerable thing to do with adults and when you give yourself over to it it's extremely uh, rewarding but some people just aren't comfortable doing that and i had an experience where i kind of pushed one of my players to engage and to interact with this npc who was like trying to uh, coax them to do something, and this this player ended up not 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 liking the role play aspects of the game, and they were kind of there to roll dice and see the numbers go up, and you know use their abilities and punch stuff and light stuff on fire, and like that's why they were there, and I I didn't know that they didn't know that you know like this was their first experience with it, um, this was mm-hmm. my first experience with it, so 
uh, I think having that discussion with your players saying like, hey, this is the type of game that I want to run. Um, at that point, I hadn't listened to any, you know, like how to DM. Like I, I was just listening to the mechanical side of it uh, and then experimenting with the role play side of it because that's what you know, like was really interesting to me. And now we have so many more resources where like this session zero is like a normal thing that you do all the time. Like five years ago, honestly, people didn't talk about session zero that much. Like they just didn't. Um, and now it's become uh, mainstream. And that's great. Like those things need to happen because you, you'll find some players who want to play in that style of game and some who do not. And you as a DM, you can make that decision like, oh, do I want to change the way that I'm going to DM? Or uh, maybe, you know, that player is just not right for my game. And that can be a hard decision to make, especially when you're friends with those people. But uh, I always say that, and a lot of people say that no D&D is better than bad D&D. So you don't mm -hmm. want to, you know, make any, any of your friends uncomfortable or anything like that. Yeah, great point. Great advice. I don't know if anyone's said that phrase on the podcast yet, but it is it is a common one and it's uh, very poignant. Funny that you mentioned that people haven't really been doing session zeros or, or I mean, five years ago, they weren't really doing it. I feel like that's a similar trend to what I've seen. And it's also funny that, you know, you mentioned like you were listening to the podcast, you heard the mechanical side and you heard like the story that that the DM was telling I think part of what's funny and misleading about podcasts is you don't see all of the behind prep work the DM is doing, right? Preparing all of the branching possibilities, and then the players pick one and they roll with it, or they're just really good at improv. Uh, so, a couple of things that same with me, you know, listening to Critical Role and being like, "Oh yeah, I could do this," and then jumping in and being like, "Wow, they're not doing anything I expect." You know, it's it's just a funny wake up call that a lot of DMs hit. Gosh, that's that's my favorite part of it. Honestly, that's that's become a very comforting thing. Okay, so I'm I'm a bit of a uh, over preparer, or I can be, and the fact that I can prepare a ton of stuff and very very little of it is used means to me it gives me freedom to me because that means that no matter how much I plan for, it doesn't really matter that much because I'm going to end up improving things anyway. So I've started planning in a very different way. Like now I plan my games in these like segments. Like there are all these different puzzle pieces. I prep the hag. I prep the scarecrow. I prep the village leaders. I prep a, a roadside encounter. I don't know in what order those things are going to happen. I don't know how the characters are going to approach any of those things. And I try not to plan it. I just throw in those elements where they feel correct and I tie them together with improv. And that's just the way that I do it. Like there, there's hundreds of ways to DM. That's just the way that mm. gives me the least amount of anxiety and allows me <laughs> to have the most amount of fun and allows me also to be a DM that my players are never quite sure. Is this improv or is this planned? Like, like they're, they're never sure. And, and that's a great place to have your players in. Because then they can ex they extrapolate all these other things that could be going on. And you're like, I'm going to grab that because that's a great idea. I'm going to grab this because that's a great <laughs> idea. And yep. uh, yes, that's exactly what's happening. How did you know that? Man, you rolled so well. I'm going to tell you that you've figured out that that's exactly what's happening. And they, they, they feel smart and I feel smart. And, you know, it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. And as long as the players do not know that that is happening. And I'm sometimes even if they do know that's happening this like collaborative storytelling happens. And that's, again, that's the best part about D&D, &D, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I prep very similarly to you. It's kind of like bits and pieces and, and however I end up using them, you know, that's that's kind of the win for me too. So yeah, like you said, lots of different ways to do it and it's whatever you're comfortable with. But I think uh, I think you and I have similar styles in that aspect. Um, I, I also think that it's just as important what things you don't use, mm-hmm. you know, like like making sure that like actually this now that they've made decisions, it doesn't make sense for this thing to happen. Um, in, in music, we at least I call that playing silence, where sometimes, you know, like the bass guitar just needs to play some silence because it's not appropriate for that for that sound to happen. And the same thing in D&D, like sometimes you have to play silence on an encounter or uh, on the ziggurat uh, or, you know, on the uh, sudden appearance of the BBG or whatever it might be. Playing silence can be a very powerful tool. Yeah, it can. I like that. I haven't heard that in music before, but it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you don't want, you know, John Paul Jones playing during the uh, intro to Stairway to Heaven. So it's it's got to be when it's yeah. appropriate. Exactly yeah. right. So kind of digging more into particular things that have happened during your games or stuff that you really enjoy. What are some of your favorite monsters or encounters that you have created and thrown at your players that really challenged them or were a lot of fun? I pride myself on running good encounters uh, because I think that there is a... Uh, giant weak point in D&D when it comes to uh, initiative, when it comes to running encounters. I think that encounters can be slow. I think that uh, battle can be boring, honestly. And I have really strived to turn battle into like a panic-inducing, wonderful, like tense... uh, You're on it. If you're not on it, then guess what? Your turn's getting skipped because you were, you know texting somebody on your phone you, you know like i am I'm, I'm a very intense dm when it comes to to combat because that's to me where the game tends to slow down the most uh, i've mm-hmm. created this like wonderful list of uh, adjectives and, and verbs and things that i can use for like each type of damage for each creature for wh- whatever it might be so that the the descriptive the words themselves are powerful i make sure that my players know when who like who's who's next up uh so that they are busy when combat is you know when it's not their turn Uh, and that makes combat way more interesting so much more in your face that intensity happens and then after that intensity everybody kind of takes a breath you know like that's how i like to run my encounters if i have a favorite encounter i think one of my favorite encounters was when my players had just fought a bunch of different people they were in they were in the underdark uh they were going on this mission for who they assume to be a prince and come to find out they meet a disguised green young young green dragon uh down there and they have to kind of talk their way out of it uh because they were level three characters and they you know eventually made friends with this green dragon attempted to help this green dragon do a thing green dragon eventually gets on the throne of one of the biggest metropolises in the world here and it makes for this like really like they they could have attempted to kill that dragon and they probably could have but instead they went the diplomatic route and all these things ensued because of it and that came straight out of combat um and them them feeling like they were going to lose that fear of them losing their characters losing their lives in that fight led them to make some other decisions which were really cool you know like which impacted the world so uh, prevalently yeah 
That's really cool. And I wanted to point out that your your list of um, battle descriptions, you've made that available so people can go check out your your account and find that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be really helpful, especially when people get in the rut of, does this hit? Does that hit? You swing your sword, you know, and like you said, combat can be very boring when it when it just becomes that instead of something more interesting, a puzzle to solve. And and it was a it was a list that I it was an incomplete list that I found on um, Reddit initially, mm-hmm. but it wasn't very well organized. It wasn't color coded. It was really hard to read. It was just it was just basically like text on paper. And the words were awesome. I, I really, really loved them a lot. So I have the Reddit user who was uh, originally credited with that on there. But I've gone through and I've like redesigned it. I've added colors. I've added pictures so that you can very quickly find the elements that you're trying to describe. I've added elements that were missing. Psychic damage was one of them that was very like, it's hard to describe psychic damage, you know? <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. so that, that list is very helpful to me. Or like force damage, that's a really like weird one to describe. It's like eldritch energy. It's like hissing core. Like it's, it's a very strange energy to describe. So uh, also describing enemies' health without saying, oh, they have 20 HP out of 80. Like that, that doesn't mean anything narratively so you want to kind right. of give those things uh narrative context so like if they're how, how do they look when they're at half health how how are they acting when they're at half health versus full health versus you know on on death's door um so i've found those things very helpful and i wanted to put them out in a way that dms could very quickly find a word describe an action uh, in in a really like visceral uh you know writery kind of way as opposed to uh using the same you know and this shock of energy, and you send out this lightning bolts, like you're just, just re-describing the same spell. I, I found it very helpful to make combat a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it makes it much more cinematic, which is, I think, what a lot of people strive for when they're running the games. And so, yeah, I think it's a great resource. Uh, so everyone should go check that out if you're worried about your combat. Description's getting a little stale. <laughs> okay, so favorite memory of improv. Uh, it could be combat, could be role play, could be anything else that you just completely had to pull out of thin air because your players took a left turn you weren't ready for. That was just awesome. Oh man! So the the best thing about Dungeons and Dragons is the group storytelling, right? So I love it when my players own the world, and for me, it's it's all about connecting them and grounding their backstories in the world. So I always have them meet um, NPCs. I always have them meet their brother or i have them meet their old friend or the uncle they hate or the shopkeeper that taught the magic or like i'm always trying to ground them in the world and i had this one uh this one uncle uh where the 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 player uh the player's character hated their uncle like always just hated him and i was like i can use that um they, they just they added this aspect right and so the the uncle ended up uh they, they were like this uncle is evil this uncle is bad just because they didn't like him and i and i use that to my advantage by using that as kind of a red herring so be, because because they didn't like the uncle uh doesn't mean that the uncle is evil <laughs> you know it doesn't mm-hmm. just because they don't just because you don't get along with somebody doesn't mean that they are a bad person so, you know some people just don't get along with each other and so instead i twisted that a little bit and gave them the surprise of their life when uh, it was actually the aunt who they didn't they didn't mind so much the one who, who they kept ignoring despite all these different things uh was the one in disguise was the one working for the big bad evil guy was the one who was pulling the strings all along and they kept attributing all this stuff 
to the uncle, to the uncle, because the uncle was the one that didn't like uh, when, in fact, all these things that were happening that they could blame the uncle on. It was the aunt the entire time. I used that to my advantage. And we had this like really intense moment where she takes the, you know, she was given the mace to enchant from this player character uh, and she uses it to kill the the uncle uh, oh, as, as they're watching it all, you know, all this stuff happen. And it was just a great, great moment. So that 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 manner of, of storytelling, when your players inject, you know, their their backstories into the world. I, I love it when they're like, oh, yeah, we went and visited, you know, Mother's mole warehouse. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, what did they sell at this place? You know, like I, I, I love it when they can create elements in the world and all of a sudden that's real. And, you know, oh, yeah, I've, over the past couple of weeks, I've been talking to this, you know, to this uh, peach salesman. And then we go off and all of a sudden we're on an adventure, you know, selling peaches like that's that's the adventure now. So I, I th that's the type of improv that I like to do uh, when when the players really attempt to own the world and own their backstories and, you know, inject information into the world and we, we make it work together. I think a lot of good DMs will tell you exactly the same thing that you let your players help you in the world building either what, whether it's them doing it, taking their own initiative and doing it, or it's you saying, what, what did you find here? Or, you know, what do you see? Or what does this person look like? That kind of thing. It helps them, like you said, feel grounded and immersed and feel like they have a, an ownership in this story that you're all creating together. That's my favorite part of, of improv is that, Yes, and is that? Oh, okay, that's a thing now, and I write it down, uh, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna develop that a little bit later. That, that's definitely gonna come back into play. And now a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a map for your next tabletop game, book series, or video game? Nerd Dad Maps can hook you up. Whether you're playing in a fantasy, sci-fi, or modern day game, or looking for world, city and town, or battle maps, email nerddadmaps at gmail.com or visit them on Twitter, at nerddadmaps, to get started. Let Nerd Dad Maps help you explore your world. So let's transition now into your main project here, Arcane Anthems. We'll definitely talk about whatever other projects you want too, but tell us about how Arcane Anthems started, where you got the idea from, that kind of thing. So I'm a, I'm a longtime musician. Uh, before I found D&D, I was in a couple different rock bands, the lead singer in a rock band, songwriter, engineer. These days, musicians and most artists have to do everything kind of themselves. They have to be their yep. own social media managers. They have to do everything yourself. So I, I took on the role of many different hats and I had the engineering role as well, where I bought all the gear and did all the YouTube tutorials and learned and did terrible music and then got better and better. So that's kind of where the music side started. I've been doing music since I was 16, recording stuff since I was 16. And that, that side always fascinated me, that sound engineering side. Um, so I've been doing that for about 20 years now. But the the D&D &D connection uh, didn't really happen until uh, I started playing D&D &D and we had a really intense session where one of the characters died. And I stayed up till about 2 a.m. writing this song about that. I just, 
I just sat down to my computer because I was feeling all these emotions and sat down and wrote this song. And then I was like, if I can, like, I've never written songs about Dungeons and Dragons before. Like that's, that was new to me. Um, and I, you know, sent it out to the group and they really liked it. And then I was like, oh, I want to do a song for each one of these characters. So I started kind of learning orchestral composition. Like <laughs> I, I, I don't really play piano very well, but I was like, well, I guess I'll do a piano piece here and I'll throw in some violins here. And I looked up like how to organize orchestras. And this all came from, I had a, a buddy of mine want me to do a score for film uh, or a short film he was working on. And I attempted it and I tried it and I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I, I failed miserably at it, trying to come up with this score and, it didn't work. Uh, and this was kind of years before my D&D experience. But then I was like, oh, I, I really wanted to learn how to make orchestral scores. Like I really like that is something that is in me. And I, I know that if I try hard enough that I can do this. And if I learn the right skills, I can do this. Mm. So this was that opportunity for me. Uh, and my first yeah. couple songs weren't great compared to the, the stuff that I do now. But they laid a really like solid foundation. Uh, I did a song for each one of the characters in the campaign. And then I thought to myself, I wonder if other people want music for their characters. And I thought, like, why wouldn't they? Like, Darth Vader has a theme. <laughs> you know, like, you you hear the Harry Potter theme or the Avengers theme or the How to Train Your Dragon theme or, you know, all these, all these really amazing stories have these amazing themes that immediately, like, inject that emotion into you. Like, it just wells up inside of you. We, we know that songs can do that for us. It takes us back to our middle, like middle school. It takes us back to when we lived in that, you know, moldy smelling, you know, apartment, like whatever it is, it takes us to those places and it makes those moments for us. And I thought, yeah, I think this is missing in the D&D community, these like custom anthems uh, for people. So I started doing that uh, under a different moniker. And then a couple of years after that, I changed the name to Arcane Anthems, uh, a name okay. that I'm much happier with that I think is way cooler. And and with Arcane Anthems coming out, I started doing Patreon and I started, I, I saw a need in the community for royalty-free music that could be used in Twitch streams and podcasts uh, and on YouTube. And like where content creators were making content, they were great storytellers, they were amazing writers, they were great actors, but that doesn't make them good musicians too. You know, like we all can't be great at everything. Um, yeah. So I started doing Arcane Anthems to give music to D&D and to creators, for creators to use in their creations, whether they're filmmakers, whether they're, you know, they don't have to be playing D&D &D per se, you know, they can be doing other things. But that's kind of where, you know, I've, I've gotten, you know, reached out to by many like video game developers and things like that who want to use the music. And I'm like, yes, like do it. That's this is that's what this is for to make your job easier so that you can focus on creating the games you want to make. And I can help you to mold the music. You know, I can, yeah. I can do what I do best. You do what you do. You do best. And then together we make something greater than the sum of its parts. Recently, you've posted a few videos about that, like people asking about doing it in video games or whatever, that kind of thing. So the follow up question to that, if people are interested in including your music in their stream or their podcast or other content like video games, that kind of thing, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways to do it. And I guess there's a couple, there's a lot of different answers for this one question. Uh, mm -hmm. First off, I think the only stipulation that I have is credit me. Like that's, 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 and it doesn't have to be like a big deal. You don't have to take 10 minutes talking about Arkin. Like that's, that's the one I'm talking about, like a, 
a blurb in your bio information or, you know, if you're doing a video game, add me in the credits, <laughs> you know, like as long as you aren't taking credit for the work that I've done, then then we're cool. Like that's uh, it's it's under the Creative Commons uh, attribution license and it's such a powerful license where as long as you're giving me credit, like make what you're going to make. And a lot of people have been like, well, how are you going to make money on that? <laughs> and and uh, this is my full time job now. The community has been super supportive. And obviously, there are different things that you can get for supporting me. It's, it's, it's the bass music that's free. And in the same way that a YouTube uh, you know, DM makes great DM content for free, and they put it out on YouTube for free. They then also have Patreons on top of that, or like a Patreon on top of that, where they can add in other rewards. I have other rewards on my Patreon, which kind of leads me to my second thing is like, how do you use music in your campaign? I, I know that a lot of people are online right now, and they think that that's not possible. They don't think that it's possible to use music uh, in your campaign. And so I've done a lot of research into it and figured it out. And I, I mainly play through Discord. So there's this really mm. great little bot called Groovy. And you can add him to your, your Discord channel. And with Groovy, you can actually use a command to play a playlist, like a Spotify playlist or a SoundCloud playlist. So I've added all of my music to Spotify and SoundCloud. And uh, I have done the work for you. You can go to Arcane Anthems on Spotify. You can go to Arcane Anthems on SoundCloud. And you can find the playlists that I've already made. When you're starting out with music, there should be two playlists. And that's it. There should be a out-of-combat playlist and a combat playlist. And that's it. <laughs> like, keep it simple. Um, mm -hmm. If you're using a, an out-of-combat playlist and then a combat playlist, uh, you're going to find that your games feel so much better. And the music doesn't even have to be loud. But for me, when I don't have music going, I start to get very anxious. I have anxiety. I have ADHD. I have you know different mental disorders. And if I don't have something going uh, kind of in the background, I start to get very anxious. But when I do have music, I can really stay focused in the game. My brain can kind of latch onto that. So I found it very like cathartic and very helpful to have those things. And I know that music isn't for everybody, and that's totally fine. There are people with auditory disabilities and, you know, hearing loss and those types of things. And I'm not saying that it's the perfect solution for everybody, but I think for most parties, you could benefit from having some music in the background. And I've tried to make it as easy as possible. Yeah, definitely, you know, groups with people who are neurodivergent or groups who have people who just feel more immersed when they have the music playing. I know it, it kind of does both of those things for me too, right? It helps me focus and helps me just feel like I'm wherever, you know, we are uh, during the game. And so I, I know I definitely, like I have a few different playlists of different places where we might be like the tavern and the this and that. If you've already uploaded the music to Spotify and to SoundCloud, then yeah, it's it's really easy to set up Groovy. Like you said, it's just a couple of simple commands. The couple of games I've played on Discord have used Groovy and it's really easy. So yeah, you guys should go check that out. Try it out. Yeah, and, and, and there are obviously other bots too that you can get onto your, your servers that are music oriented, but I, I've just found Groovy works great. And it, and by command, we're not talking about like learning coding. We're talking about right. dash play and then you paste in the link. Like that, that's, mm -hmm. that's as sophisticated as it needs to be. And there's a couple <laughs> other commands you can use, but... Uh, yep. Yeah, so I, I that's I'm I'm glad I'm I'm glad that there's uh, other people who are using that same solution. That's fantastic. So you have a Patreon, and you kind of alluded to a, a couple of benefits above and beyond just the free bass music that you produce. So what can people get from becoming a patron of yours? You know how how do they support your work in that way, and and what do they get in return? 
So first off, uh, they get a lot more free music. That's <laughs> this is this is this is my full time job now. This is what I do. So the more support that I get on there, the better able I'm to spend more time doing more free music. Uh, so that's the first thing that that anybody who supports me gets is knowing that they are helping more music, more free music happen in the community. From there, you can get things like loops so that you can have, uh, you know, one song just looping. And if you run a podcast and you want to have a battle go a little bit longer, then you just loop it out. You know, you just loop it. it makes it way easier to use all these songs kind of mindlessly. Like, oh, yeah, I like that one. I'm going to loop this for 10 minutes uh, and it will be great. And I make them so they're all seamless. There's no clicking, popping, cracking. Just feels very normal. I also have these little loops that are like smaller little sections of the song. So you can go in and you can rearrange the entire song uh, however oh. you want. If you want the ending at the beginning, you can do that. If you want uh, the you know beginning in the middle, you can just move all the stuff around and you can paste them in. Just like they're tiny little loops now that you can then use. Or maybe you want the middle of combat to you know this little intense section to last a little bit longer. You can then kind of interject some of those smaller loops into the bigger loop and have the fun go for just as long as you need it. And then we get into really kind of crazy stuff like the MIDI files. So all the different notes, uh, you can turn a violin into a synthesizer. You can turn a flute into a drum, like whatever you want it to be. Uh, I have all the notes and everything, all the different melodies and the harmonies all laid out for you. So you can transform my, you know, fantasy uh, combat theme into a sci-fi horror theme if you want, just by switching up the instruments. And then obviously I also have the audio stems so you can like just have the violin playing for this this moment or just have the violin and the cello so you i mean you could have this like it what would normally be an epic combat song getting rid of some of the percussion getting rid of some of the doubled instruments and all of a sudden you have what would be playing in a tavern just a couple instruments so these types of things are, are make the music way more versatile than just having the song uh, then this one song becomes, oh, I can switch it into a sci-fi theme. Oh, I can switch it into a tavern theme, you know, in like 10 minutes. Like it doesn't take a long period of time to do this, but I want to give that over to the people who support me. Yeah. And especially the people who are interested in getting that custom with it. That's a really cool right. uh, option for people who, you know, really want to dig into that. Uh, for people who are less confident with their ability to mix yeah. and to move stuff around, can they commission pieces from you uh, custom? Yeah, so I, I still do custom work. The The work that I do tends to be very particular. The What I have specialized in is making about like one minute long anthems for people's games, for people's characters, for people's villains. I try and keep it very succinct because I want those things to have a theme. I, I want you to play that and your players to panic. I want you to play this thing and your players get like excited that they're about to play this game. Uh, this is their theme. This is their heroic moment. This is their Imperial March or their, you know, like, like I want them to have that um, where they hear that theme and it's theirs. This is us, everyone. So I have gotten very, very good at using melody to melody and percussion to produce anthems and when i say an anthem like your campaign's anthem is this um and i when i work with my clients on that so that they have like we were just kind of talking earlier about they have their theme their anthem their memorable every time they hear it they get hyped like that's that's what i want to create and it's different for everybody like 
even I, I think the last couple months I've done so many different pirate themes and they're all different and they're all <laughs> fun and and they all feel different because I, you know the people who are creating these are having me draw from different places and draw from different characters and different elements you know a a sea shanty is very different than a you know pirate combat theme like they they all sound very unique and very different but it's fun like that's that's where i draw my inspiration again one of the other things that my patrons get is they have the opportunity to suggest themes for me to to write and then some higher tier patrons to vote on what i actually do every month so that interaction, that inspiration is, I think, what was missing when I was in my rock bands, when I was doing other music. I really struggled to write music. Uh, now I've written like o- over 150 songs or something in the past couple of years. And that was not doable before. And I think now it's doable because I connect with people. And that's the most powerful thing about this entire game is the ability that it that it has to connect people, to build stories together, to inspire each other. That's what Dungeons & Dragons is all about to me. And that's why, for me, music was such a an easy add-in. Because that makes writing music, for me, fun and interesting and engaging. It's not just me doing it for me, but me connecting with somebody else and trying to, to come at it from a new perspective, trying to look at music you know, what does this dragonborn monk who has a, a broken arm, like, what does that sound like? And that's a fun challenge. And that's a, for me, that's a worthy storytelling goal. What's your favorite way that someone has used your work thus far? What is my favorite way? I think I love it when people create uh, intros to their, to their campaigns on Twitch. Uh, so they'll they'll add of even more elements to it. People have used my music for animatics, which I think are so cool, where they'll have, you know, a bunch of their characters running around with swords and daggers and fighting a, you know, a beholder, whatever, whatever it might be, doing doing those things with with my themes in the background. I find it so satisfying to hear that people are using the songs in their home games. That's really why I did this. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's because I, I wanted people to be able to up their game. I wanted Twitch streams to sound more professional without having to go through all the rigmarole of licensing and royalties and, you know, worrying about getting their Twitch channel muted and, you know, all these things. I didn't want people to have to worry about that. And that's why I, I jumped into these things. And uh, every time I hear a song, <laughs> every time I, I see a song on TikTok where somebody's using my audio in the background or I, I see a, you know, a Twitch stream using the music as the background music, it's always like, whoa, like, whoa. It's 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 cool. It's 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 wild to hear other people's voices on top of something that or my my music lifting, uh, you know, amazing role players, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. I, that's the most satisfying. Uh, you talked about doing parody videos as well and, and uh-huh. TikToks and stuff like that. So where does your inspiration come from for those? Oh, gosh, uh, I think it's like every meme in the DD community and i i'm just like i'm looking through other creators videos for like oh i haven't done a video on you know how a nat one can have you roll down a cliff you know like like i <laughs> I, I i usually have a people ask me like where where do you come up with this stuff well normally what i'll do is i'll say that's a cool song and if, if the song is popular if the song is going to connect with people uh, because people like to hear things they already know and I like the song, then what I'll do is I'll find an instrumental version of it and 
I'll then go in and see what works. Like usually I'll just start like throwing in like rhyming words and like how, what the cadence of the song is. And like, I'll, I'll you know, I, I just recently did the uh, a cover of stay that Justin Bieber was on and one other artist. And so I just went in there and I was like, things that rhyme with stay, <laughs> like, like, I just, you know, I, I just go in there and I, and I start that, but I get a, like, I, I can make any song about anything. Like, honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, th- you know, stairway to heaven can only be about, you know, the celestial plane. Like, that's not how this works. Like I, right. I can, I can incorporate any song into any D and D topic. So that is both very freeing and also very intimidating. Cause like, could I have done a better job if I thought to go with this other idea? Yeah, probably. Like maybe those rhymes would have gone better or, you know, whatever it might be. But I, I just find them really fun. Like, I just think they're so much fun because because I, I don't get to sing as much anymore. So I wanted an outlet for that. Uh, so I decided just to do parodies. And then I get to sing literally all the time um, because that's something that I love doing is, is singing on, on tracks. That's what I grew up doing my entire life. That's what I thought I was going to make my living off of. And to some extent, I kind of have, you know, which is cool. You know, more people have found me on TikTok than have found me anywhere else. And I pretty much owe the uh, the TikTok D&D community, like, you know, the reason I was able to quit my job and do this full time. And so I just I'm, I'm very, very appreciative to those to those parodies and to people that, that people like my silly songs and, <laughs> you know, try not to take me too seriously. And. And I, I've I've gotten a lot of like you know, dumb comments from people uh, who, <laughs> who, who 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 don't appreciate you know the silliness or the goofiness, uh, who think I'm ruining the community with the uh, w- with my parodies, and I I don't think that's the case. What other projects are you working on right now? I know you do some one shot streams. Oh man, um, so I try to keep my head above water uh, with our. <laughs> Arcane anthems. Making music is my main deal. Uh, that's that's what I do. Um, I showcase the music that I make in uh, Tuesday on Tuesdays uh, Pacific time uh, on my Twitch stream, where I bring in other popular or not so popular D and D creators, and we all play Dungeons Dragons together. And I have the music playing in the background, uh, and they're all amazing role players, and they're just a ton of fun. And I usually leave them hanging because I, I like to have my three hour cut off. I don't I don't want to play super long games and I know that they're busy people, so I respect their time. Uh, but Arcane Refrains happens uh, most Tuesdays uh, when I'm not busy doing other things with family or, you know, with this job like I will be tomorrow night, unfortunately. Uh, but is it most 5 p.m. Tuesdays, 6 p.m.? Sorry. Yeah, 5, 5 p.m. Uh, PST okay. uh, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, when these games go on, I am gathering people for another game uh, that is called One Shot 101, where I take non D&D creators and I introduce them to the world of D&D. And every uh-huh. week uh, we make their characters. So there, there's a group going on and we will create their characters on stream uh, and then uh, they'll each go. So that'll be about three weeks of character creation. And then on the final week, we play a one shot together and they play their first D&D game together on stream for everybody to see and it is a marvelous experience watching new players learn the game from uh you know from i I tend to kind of host the show and then i bring on these coaches who coach them through the the making process and we help them and we really like make sure that their characters connect with them and seeing how they embrace it 
every time is the most rewarding thing. I mean, this game is so good. It's so good when it's done right. And I like, I love to show people how much fun it can be when you have the right group and we have the right people. Uh, it's magic. It is pure magic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's an awesome idea. I'll definitely be tuning in to uh, the the games when I can if it's going to be a bunch of new people. Something I love about playing with new players is they think of things that old and jaded players wouldn't think of, right? You know, yep. the old and jaded players are like, oh, it's probably this, it's probably that. They have a bunch of ideas already in their head about what to expect and what to do. But new players see it in just such a, a different way that's hard to describe and really hard to replicate but so fun to watch i think my favorite realization is that moment when they're like oh i can do anything yeah yeah pretty much like you, you can try to do whatever you want that's what makes this game amazing it's 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 not you know you're on a beach and you're stranded there what do you want to do you know, like, well, I guess we go looking for survivors. I guess we go, what, yeah, what, what would your character do at this point? Would they make a shelter? Would they try and find food? Would they explore the island? Would they, you know, explore the deeps? Would they, you know, jump into the waves and see what they can find? The the world is kind of their their oyster, and that's a really neat moment. And and when you find the right people who are already entertainers, who are already you know amazing creators, uh, they tend to just suck that stuff right in and and you know right into all the creative juices start to flow so yeah for sure uh i know you're also playing in a game that's being dm'd by dice cream sandwich uh gen con coming that's up right. so that'll be pretty fun that'll be the first time i've ever played live in front of people uh and the people that i'm playing with are amazing i'm playing with corso i'm playing with sarah's coffee i'm playing with with dice cream i'm playing with one shot questers i'm like i'm just like like in if i'm being totally honest like these are all my friends these are all people who i like have known in the community for two years who i just adore like i just i absolutely adore these people and they are so talented and and endlessly entertaining and i cannot wait uh for that show so if you are going to gen con please uh stop by on friday I think it's called D&D TikTok uh, plays D&D or something like that. Um, yeah. So that'll be it, it's it's going to be it's going to be wild. I'm super stoked. I'm assuming they're also going to record it. So it's up on YouTube later. But gosh, I hope so. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> I hope so. Because I can't make it to Gen Con, unfortunately. Uh, but if you can, you should go check it out. You've kind of talked a little bit about just all the great friendships you've created, all the cool people you've met since kind of really delving into the TTRPG community. But what's been your favorite part about it, do you think? Honestly, I think my favorite part is welcoming in new people. When I see people who are making like really quality D&D content, I, I love to reach out to them. And, and I love to say like, hey, there's this whole community here. You know, 99% of them are, are really great. And I want to introduce you, you know, I want to introduce you to them because... Uh, these people have gotten me through the pandemic. I, I mean, like, I think it's been difficult on, on everybody for, you know, all, all sorts of reasons. But being able to hop in a Discord call with these people who, like, genuine, genuinely care for each other, who genuinely want to see each other succeed um, and support each other. And, like, it's, there's been drama in the DD community, but honestly, like, <laughs> honestly, like, the majority of it is people just wanting to support one another 
and wanting to create worlds with one another. And that is powerful. <laughs> like that is everything. I think my favorite thing is that I get to choose, you know, from the best of the best to play D&D with. Like that's like what an opportunity. I mean, some people like really struggle to find a good group to play with. And I think the Internet and the pandemic has put everybody online in a way where it's like, oh, I can find other great people to play with. Like, I don't have to, you know, suffer through my, you know, ex-boyfriend's, you know, mother-in-law who is our DM, who I don't really like. But I play because it's D&D. Like, go find a group. Like, go pop onto a D&D Discord. If you've never played before, you know, you can find people who are going to teach you. Like, it's so accessible now. If you want it, you can have it. I think that's my, that's easily my favorite part about this community. Yeah, it's almost... I. I don't want to call it the golden age because I don't want to jinx it, but it's it's a very different and new and exciting era of TTRPGs for the exact reasons you stated, right? Technology has made it so that you can play with anyone, anywhere, so long as you've both got internet and yep. you can make friends all over the world. You can play with really cool people from cultures you've never even thought about and you can create really strong and meaningful bonds with with all sorts of people that you know otherwise you would have never met in your life and that's that's something that's really cool to me i i played with people in sudan i played with people in in australia i played with people in uh sweden i played with people in the uk i, I played with people in canada like it's like when you say everywhere like you are yeah. not kidding like it's literally everywhere if you have internet then you have dungeons and dragons and you have the ability to play in a group that is safe because you deserve to play in a group that is safe, that is accepting, that is super creative and that will play in a way that works for you. Like you can find your people. I'd love to hear your words of wisdom and encouragement for DMs and then for people who are looking to start creating content or who are creating content and need some advice and some uplift. I think the best advice I can give to new DMs is to not worry about the rules so much at first. Worry about the story you're telling. Worry about the people who are in your campaign. And I, if you're building your own world, then connect the backstories of your players' characters to the world. And you'll have them. Like, you'll have them forever. When their characters are invested, when they can see that, oh, my DM cares enough about me and about what I've created here to add them to their world, it changes everything. Like, oh, this is personal. We're going on a quest to find my mom. So I always encourage new DMs to take what their players have given them in form of backstory or character and use it. You know, shoot arrows at monks. Like, let let them... Let them be the heroes. And that doesn't mean they always win, but that means that they're always growing and that they always feel like they have value. So do those things that are going to help your players feel like heroes, help them feel connected to the world that, that you're building. The rules will come and you're going to get rules wrong and that's okay. Like that's going to happen. 
still learn the rules, but the, you're you're going to get so many rules wrong at first that it's it's that's not going to be what keeps bringing your players back to the table. It's rolling dice, it's seeing what happens, and it's them investing uh, in the world that you create. Yeah, and for content creators, what do you love to do? Like, what is what is your favorite thing to do? Not necessarily in Dungeons and Dragons, but in general. You know, I, I have seen people who've combined their love of fitness and D&D. I've seen people combined, you know, all sorts of things. If you're if you're a, you know, if you're an artist. Oh, yeah, we, we got we got room for you in D&D community. If like whatever it is that you like, if you're an engineer, holy cow, like we need you. Uh, if you're into coding, we need you like whatever it is that you do. If you're into accounting, yeah, you're super good at spreadsheets. We need you. Like whatever it is that you do, that you are good at, the D&D community can use and you can provide added value to the community. And I think that is, if you're a writer, whatever whatever it might be, I think you get my point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the community can use you and, and you can use your talents to make the community better. And if you believe in that and you put yourself out there, it, I'm not saying that you're going to have you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, but I'm saying is you are going to discover your people. Like you are going to find your people. And that is, I think as like humanity, that's one of our like goals in life is to find our people. Is the people who support you, is the people who love you, not just for, you know, the things that you do, but they, they give you value as a person. Like, like just being finding value in that so use it as an opportunity to find your people and you're going to find some people who aren't your people and some people who aren't your people are going to find you uh, but those aren't the people you have to worry about uh, <laughs> the people who are your people are the ones who are going to make you what you you know inevitably become those were amazing words Thank you for sharing those. I can tell that you really meant them and uh, they're coming from a very real place. Where can people find your work and you know what, what are your social accounts, websites, uh, et cetera, to plug here? I've tried to make it as easy as possible. You can find me literally everywhere at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, on TikTok, on whatever, whatever social media platform, you know, on Spotify, on, you know, Apple Music, whatever it is, Arcane Anthems, you can type it into Google and boom, you know, I'm, I'm there. I was lucky enough that that name was very available to use. So you can find me all those places. If you would be so kind to support the work that I do and you want to gain access to the music and all those things, uh, you can head to Patreon, patreon.com slash Arcane Anthems. And there you can download all the MP3s for free. If you support, then you gain access to the Discord where we talk about music, where we talk about all sorts of D&D related fun things. And you can gain even easier access to the music. We have like lists that are set up there so you can quickly go through and download everything. Uh, that's where kind of the, the, the community resides uh, is on is on the uh, Arcane Anthems Discord. And that's a dollar a month. So if you I, like, I don't even know what you can buy for a dollar now. Like, I, I don't even think dollar menus are even a thing anymore. Like, that's cheaper than pretty much anything that you could possibly even try to purchase. So uh, if you wouldn't mind sending that silly money to me, uh, <laughs> uh, then I can keep doing what I love to do. I really have enjoyed your work thus far. You know, it's been fun watching your parodies, but also delving into some of the, you know, the more serious stuff, the, you know, the music that you've written and that kind of thing. So I've thoroughly enjoyed my time and I will 
definitely be watching out for any other cool things that you and the other creators cook up. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to How Not to DM. I've been getting more and more kind, encouraging, uplifting messages from listeners lately, and it really makes all the work behind the scenes worth it. A few last things before we wrap up. I still have a few ad slots open here and there, so if you're interested, message me and we'll work something out. My intro and outro music is by my good friend Torin, aka Mr. Tape. Check out his music on Spotify or Apple Music. And, as always, until next time, roll some Nat 20s for me.